There is a new revolution in wholesaling real estate. This is the mobile home revolution. I'm calling it today. This is exciting. Guys, in a world where real estate prices are going up and it seems like everybody's struggling to wholesale properties that are over half a million dollars, a lot of people like to throw away those type of properties. They like to throw away that area in wholesaling saying it's not good. We shouldn't be doing it. But honestly, there is cheap real estate in expensive areas that most wholesalers are neglecting that a ton of cash buyers are looking to buy in. These are mobile homes. And what we are going to do today is show you exactly step-by-step step, how to find mobile homes, how to talk to these sellers, how to do the entire process. Mm -hmm. Most importantly, our rules for the road of wholesaling these type of houses and exactly how you can dispo them to cash buyers, title, everything. So if you want to know how to do the contracts, all these things, what we're going to do is systematically teach you today exactly how to wholesale houses for quick bucks, quick money in wholesaling real estate so you can start closing some wholesaling deals, guys. What is up? Zach in here. Rick in here. And after doing 5,000 combined wholesaling real estate deals, we can tell you that mobile homes are amazing. We've done a lot of wholesaling um, and we've done a lot of mobile homes and mobile homes kind of came about for us in wholesaling because the markets were getting expensive. And even before they were expensive, they, they seemed expensive back then. You know, and, oh, a house is 150 grand by us. Now the average house is like 400, <clears throat> 450. We went after the cheaper real estate, right? And this is something that most wholesalers neglect, but it's a need in the market because cash buyers are still liking to buy these things. Uh, there are some rules we're going to teach you today on how to do them, but this is a great opportunity for you guys. A lot of people are scared of mobile homes. They think they're trailer trash. And like, they're not. Like, you kind of have the picture behind us, right? These is like mobile homes. And they're regular. People live in them. They got cars. I mean, they're not terrible. Like, this isn't like, you know, crazy trash type mobile home. Like, they're nice. They're clean. And you can make a ton of money wholesaling these, like 10, 15, 20 grand. But you're probably not pulling them. And so what we're going to do today is share with you systematically, step by step, how to do it. So we're excited, guys. Uh, so let's kind of start from the top here. So many wholesalers don't even touch mobile homes. It's kind of sad to say. Crazy. But you've seen it, right? Like yeah. they won't even touch them. Oh, it's terrible. I don't want to, I, but they're great deals to be going after. And it just, I don't know why a lot of people don't like going near them. Maybe the assignment fees are slightly lower. You do a ton of volume from them, right? And so like, kind of tell me about like your first interaction doing mobile homes. Uh, <clears throat> to be brutally honest, I avoided them the first probably seven, eight years of my wholesaling. Why? They were so cheap. And honestly, it's just my ego that got in the way. I would have mobile homes presented to me for $1,000, $2,000. I thought $3,000 was outrageously expensive. And I just felt like I could make more money uh, doing single family homes and multi. But I, I will tell you, there was a trend around probably 2015, 16. I started to notice that uh, the mobile home rents were rolling up and there was becoming much more demand. And so for the first time <clears throat> I was offered uh, a package of mobile homes and I decided to buy them. Here was the deciding factor is um, after I did one or two and Zach joined me is we noticed that every one of you have like this prime Amazon thing. Um, we were sitting waiting to uh, go on appointments actually when I was training Zach and there was how, how many prime trucks were in front of us? A lot. There was like 40 or 50 prime trucks pulling out of this place. I'm just like, and I know our mobile uh, mobile homes were just like, 
They were like a quarter of a mile away. I could not believe it. I opened my eyes. They opened up this massive distribution center. And when I say massive, I mean, guys, I mean, it's like, it's like a quarter mile long when you drive by it and it's a giant warehouse. I, I assume it's their distribution center and they're employing like 10,000 people there. All of these people are making decent wages, uh, probably 20 to 30 bucks an hour, and they all need affordable living. The minute we bought that, I sent Zach out. We went door to door and we contracted as much as we could on these mobile homes. Now we paid anywhere from 10 to 25 grand for these homes. They were only running for three to $500 at the, at the time. It didn't seem like a lot of money. Fast forward to today, they rent between 1500 and 1800 a month. The taxes are cheap. The insurance is minimal and they are the worst case scenario to replace a mobile home and drop a new one on the land is 60 to 65 K. So while I have rental homes in Port St. Lucie and all that, the cash flow on a mobile home's always been king. What you guys got to understand is you just start with a single mobile home. And then once you understand the ins and outs of it, you can look at mobile home parks, you can look at everything, but you got to start somewhere. Now, fast forward to 2023 and going into 2024, watching this video, mobile homes right now in South Florida are anywhere from 125 grand to 220 grand. Insane guys. And all you have to do is recognize demand. It is, in my opinion, the new affordable living. And why not? People are looking for safe places to rent these homes. I go in and modestly upgrade them. They're easy. And a lot of times the cash flow pays off the unit within just a few years. So guys, when you look at a return on investment, are they the prettiest things? No. I would live in them. They're not that bad. I don't care. I mean, but the reality is this is what people are looking for. Or they can look for a $3,500 $3, rental for a 3-2 or they can get a modest 2-2 or even a 2-1 mobile home and they'll pay you 15 to 1700 a month. It is an absolute no-brainer. So don't overlook them. The key distinction, which we'll go over the couple key distinctions when you look for these, guys, they are the new affordable living. I thought townhomes were the new affordable living three or four years ago. It's now mobile homes. 150 grand for a basic mobile home. That's, I have a hard time even wrapping my head around it, but they are wonderful portfolios. They appreciate like everything. And whenever there's a catastrophic event, you can just replace the whole thing. And honestly, the cash flow on the property will easily pay for it. Exactly. So as FYI, most mm. mobile homes do not rent out for $1,800. Uh, they're a lot lower. They're like seven, eight, nine hundred. But we're our expensive market-ish more. So yes, mm -hmm. 17, 18. But that's not the average for them, FYI. But just mm. letting you guys know, my first deal with a mobile home was, I didn't even know it was a mobile home. It was a manufactured house, which it kind of... It looks like a regular house, but like it's, it's you know, a little cheaper looking, right? It's like a really, really nice mobile home. Um, and I wholesaled it and the buyer's like, yeah, this is a fine manufactured house. I'm like, what do you mean manufactured? And the property appraiser appraised it as a regular house. Um, I, I learned at that time as a teenager that manufactured houses actually have DMV numbers like VINs exactly. uh, in the kitchen and like the closet. They put it there and he showed it to me. I'm like, what? I, I didn't know. I had zero idea. Uh, and that was 25 grand. And that was a mobile home manufactured home. And uh, from there, I was like, wow, I was skipping mobile homes because yeah. I was like, oh, I'm too good for it. All right, all right, right. Guess what? It worked. It's amazing. I, I, I'm telling everybody watching this right now, mobile homes are amazing. What we're going to do is show you exactly how to do them step by step and get it going right now. So 
the first question is what are mobile homes uh, mobile homes are kind of what you see here they're they're homes but they're not this traditional house that's built with a foundation a slab it's built there to stay these are mm -hmm. homes that can kind of move right you can kind of pick them up on a trailer move them around wherever you want uh they're kind of more expensive but they're cheap uh they're kind of cheap built uh but they're, they're there right uh, those mobile homes are worth some, some of them are worth 30 grand, some are worth 40, some are worth 10, right? Uh, anywhere an older ho mobile home, they're going to be worth between five to 15 grand uh, locally, just, just the mobile home. Now you might be asking yourself, Zach, what do you mean your mobile home property is worth 150, 100, 130 if they're worth five to 15 grand? Well, it's the land, right? And so what we're talking about today is wholesaling real estate. Uh, uh, everything I do is wholesaling real estate. Now, the first thing we have to understand about mobile homes, manufactured houses, whatever, manufactured house is basically a mobile home, just a little nicer, right? Uh, these things right here, these mobile homes, they are not houses. They are, in the eyes of most legal jurisdictions, vehicles, because they can move. You can technically put wheels on them. It's a vehicle, okay? You're probably saying, wait, wait, what, right? Yes, this right here is a vehicle. In most jurisdictions, they're registered from the DNV. Now, it might be like, but Zach, why would I wholesale that, right? Theoretically, you are not wholesaling the mobile home. You are wholesaling the land and what whatever's on the land, okay? So there might be a truck on the land. Wholesaling mobile homes is the same process as wholesaling vacant land with a truck on it or a car. That's it. It's, it's kind of weird. I know this is kind of a weird concept for you guys to understand, uh, but it's true. Now, there are some uh, property appraisers. And this drives me crazy, and I think it's illegal. That will literally uh, they'll put they'll put improved land value yeah. or improved uh, building value on a mobile home, which is <clears throat> is a no no, right? I, no, you can't do that. But some of them will do that. That's something you can fight. Property appraisers have been doing this forever. It's illegal. Um, we fought our property appraisers on stuff like this. But what you need to understand here, guys and gals, you are wholesaling the land underneath the mobile home. And the mobile home on top, you are wholesaling too. It just it's kind of different how the deed is transferred. And so looking here, mobile home, it's the land that you're doing. And the mobile home is on there. Now, mobile homes cost anywhere between what five, four I, some of them they're pretty expensive to move. They're in the thousands of dollars to go yeah, move yeah. them. And it depends where you're moving them to. Uh, but usually they're 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 pretty stable. They, they ain't going anywhere, but they theoretically could move. So that's why they're called mobile homes. Now, just understand, we are wholesaling the land. All right? So what does this mean? <clears throat> if you go up to me and tell me, Zach, hey, Zach, I have a property that the person that wants to sell their mobile home, uh, but the land isn't included. That's wholesaling a vehicle. And I don't do that. I don't wholesale Chevys. I don't wholesale Fords. I don't wholesale Ferraris. It's not what I do. I wholesale houses. I wholesale real estate. Real estate. What makes something real estate is the land owned underneath it or not. That is it. Uh, you could theoretically say the same thing for a regular house. You're wholesaling the land and whatever building is on top of that piece of land, right? And so you are here to only focus on the land. So if it's a mobile home and there's no land under, owned underneath it, don't do it. That is our rule. And I open oh, but, but uh, my buddy made 300 bucks wholesaling a, a, piece, of, a piece of property, a, a mobile home. Sure. Good for you. It is not worth it for most people to be doing this. And so that's rule number one. We're understanding what mobile homes are, what are manufactured houses. Now, 
Why should I wholesale these mobile homes? It's kind of like wholesaling a piece of vacant land with cash flow. That's why they work really well. Because you understand that why is why why am I not a person that buys vacant land? I don't buy vacant land because it doesn't produce me money. But but if I wholesale a piece of vacant land that has kind of a money machine on top of it, a money printer, I call it a mobile home, yeah. I can get a lot of good rent for it. I get six, seven, eight hundred dollars a month in rent. <clears throat> so this is why I love mobile homes because they're really cheap real estate. Hundred grand, you get a thousand bucks a month. That it's pretty good, and there's very minimal costs. Uh, lower level tenants usually, but not terrible, and they work really well. So why I love wholesaling these type of properties because buyers love them. They love buying these things. They're really cheap. You get really good discounts, and most people aren't going after them, so they're a lot less saturated. So we're talking about today's manufactured and mobile homes. Manufactured ho homes really don't move. They're like mobile homes, but they're just built better. But you, you could move them, but you really can't at the same time. Uh, so we got to understand they're kind of the same, what we're talking about today. So understand that. Now, rule number one with these properties. Again, I'm going to say it again. I love repeating myself apparently today, but this is true. No land, no deal. Okay, let, let's repeat it. No land, no deal. If the land is not underneath it, it is not a good wholesaling deal for mobile homes, right? End of story. And you're going to be... Sometimes you guys do some of your marketing and people call you. They seem over eager. It's because they don't own the land. Remember, if they're on a lease, it's common in mobile home parks that the owner owns all the land and then people bring their, their mobile homes on it and then they just rent it out. Well, the problem is if you get into that, most of them are restrictive, meaning they won't let you do it. And number two, that rent constantly goes up. So you, you're never really going to get the true value of it. And you could wind up upside down on it and don't be tempted by it. They just don't work out. There's not enough money in them. And he or she who owns the land is always the person that's going to be in control. So for that reason, when they call you, I got this mobile home, it's a great deal. Hey, it's only, it's only five grand. Ask them, do you own the land underneath? If they don't own the land, you can't put a deal together in my opinion. You, Period. It drives me crazy, but there is good ROI. There's a good one. So, Let's kind of talk about how to find these mobile home land deals, right? Now, number one, probably the easiest, the simplest method for finding a mobile home deal is find where in your city your mobile home deals are. Now, here's the issue with a lot of mobile homes. Some of them aren't really listed on the property appraiser site. Exactly. Or the tax rolls. And a lot of your great websites that we love, listrei.com, zackdata.com, <clears throat> They don't have all of the mobile homes. They have a good amount of them, but they don't have all of them. And so what you're going to find with mobile homes in every single city is they're going to be clustered. What do I mean by that? You see this little park right here. It's, all, it's a little cluster. You're going to find clusters of mobile home deals. And listry.com and zackdata.com, they do have it. I, I will tell you they have most of them, but not all of them. And so what you want to do is just basically what we call kind of Google mapping it, right? Go on Google Maps, look for manufactured houses. Uh, one thing you can do is just, I mean, I found this. I'll go to Zillow for the for rent and look for mobile homes for rent. And then it'll give me an address and I can look around that address. <coughs> mobile homes are kind of just like, they're like magnets. If there's one, there's usually a lot near it. And so look for a mobile home for rent in the area. Probably a mobile home that I bought them renting out in my county, right? What you're gonna find is you look at that address on Google Map, look around it. Within a half a mile radius, you're gonna see a lot of other mobile homes. Mm -hmm. Mobile homes are near other mobile homes. 
right? Really nice mansions are usually near other nice mansions. Mm -hmm. And so mobile homes are near mobile homes. And that's pretty interesting, right? So find one for rent, go around the area. You're going to find like, wow, PropStream Batch doesn't even have this data. This is secret stuff that no one talks about. This is a great way to, you, for you to find a mobile home deal. Google map it. It's a great way to do it. Uh, so you can use listari.com, zachdata.com. They have some filters on there too. And once you find those areas, try for dollars. You can drive for dollars to them. What I prefer you honestly do is just slap some sticky notes on the ones that need a little bit of loving, a little bit of work, and you'll find some good ones. Just, hey, this is Zach. I had a quick question about your mobile home or about your house. Please give <clears> me a call back. Put your Google voice number. Boom. Get the inbound calls and you'll be all good to go. Trying for dollars is amazing. Reverse trying for dollars works really well, but just find clusters of mobile and manufactured homes. Make sure the land is owned underneath it. Uh, something like this, this possibly could be all owned by themselves, but there are situations where these mobile homes are owned under a trailer park. A trailer park is basically going to be the whole, like one person owns all of the land, then rents out the land underneath it, and then the person owns the mobile home. So it's kind of a weird little situation, uh, but those are not ones you want to do. If it's in a trailer park, I don't like it, or a mobile home park, sorry, excuse my language, uh, but it's no. Okay, we're going to want to find their own little properties like this. Now, it's going to be mobile home gurus screaming at me saying, no, you can just do the regular. No, just deal with the ones that are owned the land. I can tell you, I've done a lot of deals with mobile homes. If there's no land, it's not a good deal. I've repeated myself way too many times. Now, one way we've actually found a lot of buyers and a lot of sellers is we will put a, a bandit sign near a mobile home park or mm -hmm. not a mobile home park, but like where the mobile homes are. And we'll just put, sell your mobile home for cash. You just Home Depot, get a white sign, Sharpie it, put your phone number on it, stick it on a stop sign or a light by there. And then when you have the deal under contract, get some more signs, say mobile home for sale or, you know, mobile home two two double wide for sale, cash only phone number. And uh, you'll do well at that one too. Now, one big secret I can tell you guys with mobile homes is it's hard to get financing on these things. It really is. Self-financing is probably the most common way you can yeah. do creative financing for them. The banks don't, they, yeah. listen to the route, the banks can't make enough money. <laughs> they don't like that the mobile home can be put on wheels and like taken away tomorrow. So even if they ride it, they're going to ride it based on the land value only. And honestly, there's very few mortgages like under 80,000 because of, laws that prevent predatory practices on certain percentages. So it's rare to even see a mortgage under a hundred grand these days. So when you're talking about houses, you know, 50 grand and less, this is going to be cash, but here's the really cool part. It creates a phenomenal opportunity to even do a creative financing deals, which is very prevalent in this business. So even if you want to keep one and someone's offering it for 30 grand and it's cash flowing and you don't have to do any work into it, if you put a couple grand down and finance the rest and put a rent on there, you actually make positive cash flow from day one. I love mobile homes for creative financing because banks rarely finance these. So people need options. Most people can't afford to go buy a mobile home. So this creates a great opportunity because you're just below the bank and you're at the affordable housing income. And this is basically blue collar workers. So if, someone's hoping to do a creative financing. These things are absolutely perfect because you don't have the usual headaches you have with creative financing subject to all these other headaches. I love this part about mobile homes. No, I I've said it so many times. Bandit signs are great for this, but 
you can use them for the buyer side and for the sell side. Now, for the buyer side and for the motivated seller side, but also creative financing, a lot of these mm -hmm. sellers will accept creative financing creative financing they all like cash but you get creative financing on the sell side mm -hmm. and then you get creative financing on a run to own buyer you can make some money in between this and i'm not getting the whole if you're if you're one of these guys who says i'm too good for mobile homes i'm a i'm an experienced real estate wholesaler i make six figures a year or seven figures these are great cash flowing properties where you can yep. make five six hundred bucks a month for life if you know how to do it the correct way yeah i just said that so hopefully that piqued your interest a little more. This is why they work so well. Now, what are some other ways to get the deal locked up to find cash buyers for mobile homes? I'll tell you, look for landlords. This is a big one, okay? There are a lot of landlords that own regular houses that they haven't even thought of mobile homes. But if you can tell them, hey, sometimes you get mobile homes under contract, would you want to buy some? And you kind of show them the numbers. Like, hey... I looked at some comps here. It looks like they're renting out for twelve hundred a month. But going for twelve hundred a month, and the purchase is only ninety five, and you got on a contract for sixty, huh? They they will be a lot more open to this. Mm -hmm. And so, really, every landlord buyer is going to potentially be a buyer for these type of deal. And we create new. We there's not. I hate to tell you, there's not like a specific mobile home landlord, slumlord type person. They're mostly just regular landlords that kind of get introduced to this and say. Yeah, we'll try it out. And that's kind of us too. Like we only started buying our mobile home deals for wholesaling just to rent out recently. I mean, I mean, past like three years, right? Like it's not like the whole 20 year journey for you. No, we, yeah, we flipped, right? it's we like, flipped a lot of them. We go, why don't we just flipping keep them? them. But, so we're like keeping them now. So mm -hmm. like there can be a lot of landlords like this, right? And so also you can do it is just really do wholesaling the same process, right? And, and so I, I get asked a lot of questions here. How does this process work? with wholesaling regular houses and wholesaling mobile homes. Again, let me repeat myself. It is the same process. Okay. We're going to use a title company. We are going to put the property under contract. What the, what's the address? You just put the legal description of the parcel from the property appraiser, you do a regular assignment fee titles done pretty much the same walkthrough, things like that. The, this process is the same. Okay. Wholesaling vacant land and wholesaling a house. Same thing pretty much. Right. It's just what's there that you're wholesaling. It's pretty much the same thing. And so again, for finding buyers, landlords are great. Zillow for sale by owners. If you can find the for sale by owners section and find mobile homes, it's a good way to find some deals too. Uh, but I, I truly believe, you know, I, I used to say in the past, Craigslist was decent for these Facebook, but really just getting classic landlords and even asking your title company and bandit times are the best way to sell these deals. Always vet your buyers. Uh, but that's honestly the best way we have found. Remember guys, Mobile homes have way less ARVs than the regular high ARV area. So if you're in an area like, I don't know, Denver, uh, you're kind of in South Florida, right? You are in some areas of like Arizona, uh, Utah, California. Mobile homes are hot. Like I know in Fresno, California, mobile homes are hot, right? Like because even those hot properties are cheap, but they're cheap for the cheap, right? Even in like Southern California, right? Cheap real estate <clears throat> always rules. And so if you, you can make a ton of, even these mobile homes in Cali, they're like 200 grand, 150, 200 grand, still make 20, 30 grand on these deals. But no one's thinking like this. They're, going, they're all going after the big fish. You get a bunch of medium fish, you ain't going to do bad, right? But this is the new affordable housing. A lot of cheap real estate's going on like this. And yeah, it's not like the regular wholesaling real estate. Now, I, 
I will tell everyone, do not make this like your new thing, right? Oh, I'm only going to do mobile homes. Hmm. Not, I know some mobile home real estate wholesaling gurus out there. Uh, that, that's not who I'm telling you to be. I'm telling you just to be yourself, okay? Add this to your arsenal of other things you do, okay? Regular houses, code violations, just add mobile homes to it. Now, I do prefer mobile homes that are ugly, mobile homes maybe with a code violation, a pre-foreclosure, ain't like that stuff. Water shutoffs are going to pop up here, right? But so what you're going to see is like, you're going to pull the, let's say the water shutoff list and you're going to be like, wow, there, there, it says there's no, when I cross-reference the data, it says there's no house on it, but there's a mobile home, there's a water connection. You might connect the dots here now and be like, oh, that's a mobile home, right? And so just, I, I'm trying to expand your, your horizons in wholesaling that it's more than just regular houses. You can do vacant land, but also on top of this, probably most importantly, you can wholesale mobile homes for a lot of money, right? And just go do it, right? I, I challenge everybody watching this, right? If you were actually looking to get some traction, start wholesaling some mobile homes actually doing well, I would prefer you guys go out here and do a little challenge, right? I want you to cold call and text 50 mobile home sellers a day for the next week, next month, right? whatever you commit to. I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but there's, there's not an insane amount of mobile homes. Yeah. There's a way less mobile homes in our some, regular house. Some states have more than others. No, yeah, like the southeast. The south. Yeah, southeast really hot with them. Uh, expensive areas are starting to do them, but a lot of expensive areas don't like mobile homes in their city. Uh, so you got to find them. But there are areas that there are mobile homes that just like there's just no population there. All right, so like there's areas in like rural Louisiana mm -hmm. that have a ton of mobile homes, but like the population's 500. It just no, that, that's not what we're looking for, right? We're, we're looking for areas, higher population that have the mobile homes in it, right? So if I'm in Louisiana, maybe like Shreveport, uh, New Orleans, Baton Rouge, just kind of that area is going to be a lot better uh, than going after just an area in Louis, Louisiana that literally has no mobile home, no population, right? We want some population in here, just some industry going on. So we actually know what we're doing. But mobile homes are hot, guys. It, it is going to be a revolution, I, I think, uh, why prices keep rising. Uh, truthfully, in the next five years, real estate, if you look at the every significant data, real estate's going to be more expensive in five years from now than it is today, right? I, that's, that's what I've seen. And it's going to keep going up. And so if you're in a market where prices are six, seven, eight hundred grand, you might be wanting to go after mobile homes where the average house is one, two, three hundred, eh, two, 200, maybe two, 250, right? Mobile homes are insane right now. It, there's an opportunity that most wholesalers aren't going after that you can swoop in and take advantage of it. There are plenty of buyers for this opportunity and it's a good one for everybody watching this. So kind of recap, how do you find these deals? Again, we have to look on maps. We can go on regular government lists. We can drive for dollars, reverse drive for dollars. Heck, even ask title companies, where are the mobile homes in the area? Ask realtors. You can just do a basic look of it and people will tell you where they are. You can just search mobile home space city and information is going to pop up. It's crazy, but it, it does. And so you start doing stuff like this, you'll do very well. Now, the, the last thing I want to tell you is most mobile homes, a lot of them are going to be tenant occupied. And so if you do not know how to under, if you don't know how to really talk to a tenant occupied type property, a tired landlord, it is a slightly different conversation, I would say, than with a regular seller. If you're not used to it, again, at freewholesaling.com or freewholesaling course, I'm going to repeat myself, freewholesaling.com. We do teach you exactly how to do this step-by-step. -step. 
but you just have a basic conversation, right? You just say, Hey, you know, motivated seller, yeah. tell me about the property or the rents on it. Right. And you kind of get all this information then just, you know, do the appointment. You can meet them at the mobile home, go through it, just look at it regularly. Right. Make your offer. And then from there, you can just do the same wholesaling process. Maybe you do some virtual wholesaling for it. But the, I, I think the last thing we really didn't go over, which we need to right now is <laughs> probably the, Probably the hardest part, which we've kind of left for last, is how do I value a mobile home? How do I run comps? How do I run ARV? How do I do any of these things, right? Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that is probably the hardest thing that most wholesalers need to understand. And so when it comes to mobile homes, it is tricky. I'll let everybody know. What is a mobile home worth? In my opinion, a mobile home is worth whatever a cash buyer is willing to pay, pay for it, right? There's just the basic laws of on basic laws of money. And so what I could tell is there's three best ways to do this. Number one, go off of comps, right? Find what other mobile homes are selling in an area. Usually if there's land owned underneath it, you can get some decent comps. Maybe if it's a comp from even a year ago, I know that's blasphemy, blasphemy for me to say that, but even as a year ago, you still use that for rough numbers. If I saw an identical mobile home across the street sold for 140 grand mm -hmm. a year ago, I know, okay, probably now we're going to do a little discount. Maybe 130 grand is the ARV, right? That, that's just something for us to do, all right? Just roughly, all right? Now, you can also do cash flow comps, which is basically how much is it renting for? It's renting for $950 a month. Divide that by 1% or multiply it by 100 and just be like, okay, well, thing's probably worth 90, 95 grand, right? Roughly to a cash buyer. Just quick cash flow comps. And then the last part is kind of the, cheating way, but just ask the cash buyer, Hey, I have a deal. It's a mobile home. I have no idea what you'd possibly want to buy it for. I know it's getting a thousand a month. What would you buy this thing for? And they tell you, Oh, I'll buy it for 105. Right. And then you can do from there. Those are the three ways to value a mobile home. But really I think there's zero left to talk about here. Like this is how you do it. Start pulling the lists, start finding these deals, market like crazy, get the property on a contract, find a buyer, make some money. Wholesaling real estate. It's uh, as easy as it comes. Right. Yeah. And also keep in mind with mobile homes, if you don't have a lot of comps and stuff, the, the most, the, there's two types of buyers, mostly for mobile homes. There's the person just looking for affordable living, which is the best person you can sell it to, but they tend to be cash poor. So unless you can do creative financing, hold a note for them. Um, if you're in that space, that is a great opportunity because you are the bank, you're everything. Number two, is basically a landlord type home where they rent. So if you can't figure out prices, figure out what mobile homes in that area are getting for rent. And once you have a rent number, it's just a return. So most people on a regular rental income would be very, very ecstatic with 10%. Now mobile homes, they're gonna have a higher expectation. Would you say it's fair to believe? Oh yeah. So a lot of people, mobile homes are gonna look for anywhere from 13 to like 18%. So it's just a math problem. If it pulls in 1500 a month, you can minus off some of the expenses. I like to keep the math really, really simple on these. So if it was running 1500 a month, you, you, the most it would be worth, in my opinion, is 150,000, but on a mobile home, I'll probably push that down lower because that's a 10% ROI. If you push it to 12%, it's probably gonna be like a buck 20 or something like that. But you can just do the math, guys. Do the math on it. And it doesn't matter any type of property you're going to wholesaling. If you can't find a comp and you've tried everything, figure out what the property can produce cash flow. 
because then you can do a math problem to figure out an ROI for your cash buyers. And then it's your job to give them the facts, show them the data and show them why they're going to get a 10, 12, 15% return. That's how you convince a cash buyer. If they're a truly good fit for that, tell them what the return is going to be. Because me as an investor and landlord, I want to know what my return is on a monthly, yearly basis. The appreciation is somewhat of a guess, and we all know that. So here's the rule. Mobile homes should have much higher cash flow. The appreciation is typically going to be lower than a single family home. So if you keep those two things in mind when you do mobile homes, they're wonderful. Guys, I avoided in the first seven, eight years just because my ego got in the way. I could have made a ton of money on them, and I didn't. Could you imagine if I bought one to $3,000 mobile homes, I collected a hundred of them, put away early in my career. It would have been an incredible payoff. But so all I did was, hey, let's talk about mobile homes. Found the man with a local prime distribution center. And it was just, I didn't even have to think about it. We literally tried to buy every home on these streets. Some of them were so bad, we just flipped them because I don't want to like maintain, you know, 30, 40 year old mobile homes. Mobile homes depreciate guys when they go bad. You just replace them just like you would a regular car. So keep that in mind. No, I have. Well, are great. Go after them, guys. And so uh, what we're going to do is uh, answer some questions you guys have on mobile homes, wholesaling them, and uh, just regular real estate wholesaling in general. So uh, let's kind of break it down. Let's get into it and let's do it. Uh, also, always excited to say that November 20th is a big day. It is National uh, Make a Guru Cry Day, which is a really fun day for us. Uh, we at 8 p.m., uh, we're going to release a video, uh, a huge announcement uh, starting at 8 p.m. It's going to be uh, pretty exciting. I, be fun. It might be a live stream. It might be a video. We, we got to kind of figure out where we're going to buy it. 8 p.m. You're going to be on this channel you. here. Uh, National Make a Guru Cry Day. It's going to be big. Uh, we're going to make gurus cry. And uh, we're excited for it. So, uh, yeah, 8 p.m. It's going to be a little later. I get it uh, on Monday. Uh, it's going to be right after uh, your live stream. Yeah, uh, but it's uh, it's gonna be a fun one. Make a Guru Cry Day. We're gonna announce something huge, and I feel like the people are gonna want to know about it. And uh, it's it's gonna, well, I don't say this lightly. It's gonna shake the wholesaling industry up, uh, in the most positive, uh, good way for the free wholesalers, for people that actually want to get into wholesaling real estate that don't want to spend a bunch of money. But if you're a person that you know sells a ten thousand dollar course, this might it might be it might be a bad day. It's, it might make you cry. National Mega Guru Cry Day. So uh, we're excited for it. And uh, yeah, a lot of great stuff. So uh, let's answer some questions here. Jason Goot, what's up? Rick and Zach, my first and third deals were mobile homes. Duh. Yeah, he, he's in South Carolina. So that's the that's South. Awesome. Cheap real estate. Good stuff here. Uh, Robbie asks, I reached out to a cash buyer. They said the property I'm asking to send is too far, but they can send some people. They are asking for their redacted contract. So they know that it is Is that confusing wording to you. Um, If they want to redact a contract, that's fine. You're going to redact your price. You're going to redact your name, the seller's information and all, all permanent. You can redact everything. It's just going to be words on the contract. They're trying to uh, get the information on you. And it can happen. Yeah, Robert, you've got to be in control when you deal with your cash buyers. That's, good for them and bad for you. It, you don't have to do that. That's their wish list. Honestly, if you have the deal, you have to vet them and then they either kind of follow your protocol. But the minute you start bending it over and find their protocol, they want just want to know they want to know that you're not wasting their time. And 
know, maybe they just don't know you, but like, do not send them a redacted contract because it's then if they want it redacted, then everything's going to be redacted other than the, uh, I'd redact even the address. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's crazy. So, uh, November 20th, 8 PM, uh, get excited for it. We're going to drop that video. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be amazing. I'm pumped up. I'm excited for it. You guys are going to like it. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> love to see it. So let's see here. Uh, let's see. Preferential age. We've wholesaled houses with mobile homes from the seventies. We've wholesaled homes with mobile homes from the sixties, the nineties, even newer ones. Right. I, I mean, we've done them all pretty much. So it's, I don't think one's going to be crazy over the other. You just change the prices on the age. Like what age of houses affect as long as it's not like the 1800s. Now there are some houses in, in Pennsylvania that are from built in the 1800s, uh, basically kind of the upper, the, the upper end, upper, like upstate New York, 1890s. Those houses are so old. It's kind of harder to wholesale those, but they do have some value. Uh, preference. I think I'd rather be built after the twenties. Uh, anything post World War II is probably going to be fine. Nah, but at, at that age, you just replace it. And guys, here's another value: when you sell to your cash buyers, I, I'm just giving you a general rule. There are exceptions to this. A lot of the permitting process for like roofs, uh, some of the windows and doors on mobile homes, they're not really required to do it. So we've recently done some recent roofs. Thought we had to go through the guys like you don't need it. It's not considered a home. So there are some avenues advantages because if someone's a rehab you can go through a lot more speed if you don't have to go through like a permitting you know on a county or city process exactly so uh what we're gonna what we're gonna do is just go after properties that are post-world war ii that's probably gonna be the best one you got uh let's see here so you don't only run comps for the land only you kind of do both of them together that, that's honestly what we found Somebody, See, this is an interesting one yeah. from Letitia. How would you sell a 1989 Clayton mobile home double wide in great condition? Here's the problem. What's the land owner owned underneath it, right? Let's see. Now we're just like, yeah. So you got to own the land. And I see some of you posting, you got to pay a lot fee. You got approval. I hate a mobile homes like that. If you need approval, well, and that's the only way you, you do don't it. You own the land if you need approval. Yeah, if you need approval, it means you're under like an HOA, which means there's going to be severe restrictions. It's probably not the best deal. And you talk about lot fee, that means most likely you don't own the lot or you're being managed by some sort of management company. And they're going to usually have some sort of deed restriction. They're everywhere here in Florida. And the minute they hit our radar, we know them by name. We just say, listen, I can't help you. Like, I'm done. Yeah. You so, see it all the time. Uh, Brady says, I have a couple of probate leads. And I was wondering if I have the PR's attorney file a motion with the judge is the only step in making sure the PR can sell their homes before the probate is complete. Um, well, I mean, it's a little bit more complicated than that, but the reality is real estate is the largest asset people own in a probate setting. So you got to understand it's the biggest headache. So while it, sometimes it takes a few months, sometimes it can take a few years. So what do you have to do in the few years? If you own a piece of real estate, you got to pay the mortgage, you got to pay the utilities, you got to clear snow, you got to trim the gas, you got to turn on the AC. And like the average person can't afford this if it has no rental income and nobody's living in it. So they put this option in that you can basically liquidate that asset with a court order. 
So typically the attorney has to file a motion. I'm not an attorney. I'm not going to give you instructions. If you want instructions, talk to your title company or a local probate attorney. And basically when the money goes, it's made out to the estate of John Doe. And the, the, the PRs they, and the heirs don't get the money right away, but the bleeding stops. And sometimes if they hold on the property a year or two, the value can actually go down, especially once they're not taken care of. Listen, there's people out there who give really bad information on probates. I have made a living off selling properties before probates complete. If anybody tells you you can't sell a property till the probates complete, ask for the statute to prove it up. It's just a lazy way of explaining stuff. And I'm here to tell you, this little trick I teach you guys in probate has made me a ton of money. I've made thousands and thousands of people, probably 100,000 plus people, a ton of money with probates. You need to know how to do it. If you want to learn more, go over to freeholdselling.com. But I'm just telling you, anybody tells you you can't sell a property, you get to sell it, you get your proceeds. And what's in it for your seller, the PR, their headache ends. They don't have to go to the property. They don't have to keep paying bills on it. It is a huge win. And that money can sit, especially today, in an interest-bearing account. It can sit in T-bills or anything. And maybe it takes another six months to close out all the checking accounts. Maybe they got a boat title in their name, RVs. And maybe they have property in other states. That's common too. But that money's secured and it's growing. Listen, a house that's vacant and needs a lot of work, they actually usually depreciate in price and it gets expensive. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Probates, the bigger the problem you solve, the more money you make. The lazy person waits till a probate is done. That is not what wholesalers do. Okay, it makes great content. It just doesn't work, guys. So I want you to understand. You can do it, but you do have to check with your state statutes. There's 3,200 counties. I'm not going to tell you. I sit here and memorize every one of them. There are some strange counties that have some, some statutes that you have to abide to. The best way, work with your title company and a local local real estate or probate attorney. Yeah, exactly. Be careful of those, but they are worth it. They are a little more work, but they're always worth it here. Winston said, I got a mobile home under agreement, two acres. Uh, they're out there. I tell you, they are out there. Uh, Daniel says, do hard money lenders work mobile homes and can you cash out refi an investment property with tenants? Now, theoretically, depends on the bank. It depends on the lender. But in most cases here, hard money, yes. Hard money guys will give you money for anything as long as you have enough collateral, right? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you got to have collateral. Listen, Hopefully you don't need hard money to do uh, uh, <laughs> a mobile home deal, but like it, it, it goes with like any other wholesale deal. If there's money in it and you get a great discounted deal and someone can secure it to the land, then it's phenomenal. Remember mobile homes, you're, you're technically the right ones. You're buying the land and you got to look at the mobile home as furniture coming with it. It's like a shed built on a vacant lot. Think about that. In fact, when your title company goes to run the title, they're running it on the land. They're probably going to ask you, do you have the title of the registration for the uh, mobile home? I'm going to be honest with you. Probably 90% of mobile homes, unless they're brand new, if they're more than 10, especially 20, 30 years old, nobody registers the dang things. You're supposed to register it just like you do your car. The title company doesn't care, but it's a process. If it's like most of the mobile homes I bought, I can't even find like it's got like a vehicle identification number, just like you would on your car. And you're supposed to register it. It's like a $25 fee or $50 fee a year. 
and your title company will do it as a service, but they say nine times out of 10, nobody even knows what it is. And it hasn't been done in 30 years and you don't really have to do it right now, but you are supposed to do it. That's the really cool thing. You're buying basically a vacant piece of land with utilities already set up on them. So on a mobile home guys, they just have, they usually, some of them don't even have water connections. They connect to a well that's very common and you got to treat the water. And then as far as waste, you know what I'm talking about? Most of them have like septic tanks built into the ground. So you can kind of do these things. The main thing is they have to have power. Like most of them have to have some sort of power connection uh, because most of them, <laughs> unless you want to off solar, but if you want AC, especially in the South, you want to have electric. So if it has electric, it's got a septic tank and there's a well there. Those are the three requirements. Usually they're going to come with like a mobile home. Exactly. So that that's what we do with them. But the, if you're asking about cash out refis and all these things, you got to do the cash buyers on these pieces of work. I just deal with that. Okay. So what we're going to do is do some more ones, guys. If you've got any questions, uh, always go to Holsing House for Real, for Real, our Facebook group. and pop up the link on here for everyone. You just go here. Post it on here. www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash wholesaling houses for real. You can wholesale houses for real. And I'll uh, be right here and uh, we can get it. So if you want to talk to me one on one, uh, just go scroll here to the featured tab pinned right here, Zach Ginn. You click that, you click StreamYard and you're hop on and you'll be able to talk to me for free one on one. Uh, just like uh, Lamel here. What's up, man? You're muted. Oh, hey, what's up, guys? Hey, Rick. Hey, Zach. Hey, man. How you doing? Doing all right. Uh, so, hey, look, uh, I've been doing the ads on Craigslist. Craigslist, they work. I had a, I had a seller uh, call me and let me know he had a property, but it, I guess, you know, I, I gave him an offer, but I guess he wasn't really, it was, it was a really low ball offer and he wasn't really interested in that. He wanted to hear other offers. So, I mean. I don't know. I'm not really good with my ARVs just yet. I mean, I'm just trying to lowball something that makes sense. So I don't know. I mean, should I should I try and focus on learning how to find my ARV a little more? You've already done a wholesaling deal, man. So you already know yeah. how wholesaling is done. You need to focus really hard on just getting the lowest offer possible. Okay. Go for no. Go for no. Okay. Think of an offer that scares you and then offer 25% below that. So there's, there's a valuable lesson in this. I want you to understand this. How much time do you spend on ARVs? Like, just be brutally honest with me. Uh, I mean, last time I tried doing it, it took, a, it took a really long time, like 15, 30 minutes. It takes a while, especially we can't find the time. 10, 10 minutes or less. Why? Because if you want to be a wholesaler and not a real estate agent, listen, a lot of the gurus sit there and they just, talk about how to comp perfectly that's realtors i don't want a perfect cop i just want a rough average and i'm conservative about it and i want a significant discount on the property that's wholesaling you see wholesalers that overpay for properties they spend more time comping than anyone you know why because uh i don't know exactly they're trying to find a comp to justify their overpriced wholesale. Oh. And so that, that you listen, you can find anything you look for, you know, 
If you want to look for a red heart right now, I promise you, you can find one. It, what you focus on is what you get. So if you wrote a contract on, say, a single family house for 150, you thought it was a great wholesale deal and you go, oh, crap, all the numbers are coming in at like 120, 125. And you're just like, oh, I found one, one, one seventy nine nine. That's my comp. And it just like you waste all this time and you go around and you call your cash buyers. You know what they say? You paid way too much for it. Mm. And if you just followed the basic rules in the beginning, if you spend too much time comping, you're not being a wholesaler because right. if that property comps out at 150 on the consumer value and you got it under contract at hundred and it doesn't need a lot of prayer, I don't need a calculator. No. But like, if I'm going to get into like, wow, I paid 140 for it, it says 150 and he's $3,000 of the work. It's not a good deal. You see realtors try to do this. Honestly, I just did an entire video on it. You know what the truth is? The reality, what is your highest and what are your two biggest, highest skill sets as a wholesaler? Tell me. Uh, highest would be uh, two things that if you master, you're going to be an amazing wholesaler. What do you think they are? You should know the first one right off the bat. When you, what do you have to focus on when you start? Uh, marketing. Very good. So you got to be a master at marketing. So once you get really good at marketing, you grab some low hanging fruit, you get a little money in your bank account. What's the next highest skill set you need to master as a wholesaler? Mm, learning how to close negotiations. Negotiations. There you go. That's it. It is not about comping. I don't, you guys got more tools than comping. You were spoiled rotten because the reality is I used to have to go to realtor's office to sit there and wait an hour and get a comp. So here's how you protect yourself. Number one, the 10 minute rule. Don't break it. It means you're paying too much for the property. Mm. I will save you a lot of aggravation. You have to understand that. Number two, only comp properties where you have motivated sellers that you've gone through the qualification process. Got it. The reason if you guys get a hundred leads, people do this all the time. You guys want to do all the research on a hundred leads before you even cold call them. So if you spend 20, 30 minutes on each one, you are going to smoke through like 40, 50 hours. And the reality is out of those hundred, five to maybe eight of them need to be researched. And then really two or three need to be comped. So I'd rather spend 30 minutes comping three properties that I am knee deep with a qualified motivated seller, as opposed to trying to qualify trying to comp all hundred, you know, why people try to comp all hundred before they do the cold calls. You know why? Mm, I guess, I don't know to get the best asking price. The reason they're doing it is because they're using their old personality, their mm. old self to try to bring it in wholesaling. It feels weird calling people. You have no idea what the value of the house is. It's uncomfortable and it's awkward. And here's the truth. You're in the right place. You shouldn't know all hundred addresses. What do you need to know if you called a hundred prospects for wholesaling? What is the one thing that makes you say, okay, I'm going to move forward with this person and I, I will do a comp on it. What? I just told you when oh, that you qualify him as a motivated seller. Yeah. Do not because if you qualify a hundred properties, you are a glorified realtor. That's all you are. I'm sorry. It's the truth. I, if, if a house comps out at 150, I get a contract on 100, doesn't need a lot of repairs. Do you have to do a lot of math in your head on that one? No. Okay. But here's the problem is if you paid 140 for it, it needs five grand worth of work and it's worth 150. Why are you wasting time on it? Either get a, spend more time with them, work with them, build a report and go find other deals. The truth of the matter is why most wholesalers try to comp 100 properties. They want certainty. They, 
They want to know the outcome of every conversation they have, and they're horrified to be uncomfortable. So you got to do the opposite of what you're doing now. Just get wildly uncomfortable. Go out and market like crazy and find people that need to sell their house, not that want to sell their house. And then once you master marketing, then you get much better at negotiations. And once you get that one-two punch, nothing can stop you as a wholesaler. But if you constantly comp 100 properties, you're never going to make it. So don't spend a lot of energy. I don't even get in the numbers with people until I know they're qualified. Why waste your time? Out of 100 people, the reality is you're probably going to write two or three contracts, maybe five. That's it. Deal with five people. Focus your energy and spend 10 minutes. That's an hour of your time. Because the next 20, 30 hours, you've got to figure out how to pull lists, how to go get your government list, and how to find the most motivated sellers as possible. I want you guys to understand this. Motivated sellers are where you do the comping. You are not, Realtors comp everything because they want a listing at a perfect price. Right. You're never going to get a perfect price. Ask 100 people a price of the house, you get 100 different answers. So am right. I giving you a little clarity on it just to yeah, make it definitely. a little easier? If yeah. you are sitting there struggling trying to comp one of your properties, I can 95% of the time you overpaid for the dang thing. It's just the truth. The sooner you realize it, the sooner you can fix it and you can become a better wholesaler. Stop overpaying for these properties, guys. Okay. If I call a hundred people, reality is two to three are the ones that I'm going to get down and like work with. It might mm -hmm. be less. I don't know, but you're spending time forcing deals and it doesn't work that way. You can never force someone to sell you a house. You can wait them out for a discount but you do what you can in your control, marketing, marketing, marketing. So you can find these motivated sellers. And then once you do that, I show you how to do the negotiations. We teach the whole thing over at freewholesaling.com guys. I just don't want you guys to struggle. Every time you guys go, I got a property and I can't sell it. You don't even have to tell me the numbers. I can already tell you what the problem is. Most likely you overpaid for it. Why? Cause you didn't use the go for no technique. That means act teacher. Right. It is there to protect you and help you. And it actually gets you, through a faster negotiation than a lot of the traditional ways gurus teach you how to do it. And then once you start doing deals, you recognize patterns and then you get really good at this game. But most people never get out of the gate because honestly, people teach courses that really aren't even about wholesaling. I mean, you, there's so many strategies in wholesaling, you know it. Just comp properties with motivated sellers and the rest will do the work for you, okay? Gotcha, will do. I, I have one last question, I'm so sorry. So I'm doing probates as well. Um, so I obviously qualify them and um, they, I, I think I go through, through every step, but the thing where I feel like I get stuck is when they tell me that they're in the probate process. So I always let them know, I'm like, Hey, look, you don't have to wait for the probate process, you know, to, to go to finish. You can always file a motion. You can talk to your attorney. I always let them know, but I just, that's where I get stuck. I don't know. Like I try to follow, follow so, up with them, but. Let's do a little exercise here. Give me that line you just gave me. Uh, the one where uh, they can file a motion. Yeah. So they can, yeah. Tell me exactly how you explain it to them. So you can file a motion. You can speak with your attorney. Uh, yeah. you, you're scaring you're scaring the crap out of the people with that line. So here's how I want you to perfect the line. Okay. And I teach all this at freeholdsling.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Seller, what if I could show you a way where you could sell your property before the probate process is mm. even complete? Is that something you're interested in? Is something we can meet about? You got to say what's in it for the seller. When you start talking about attorneys, judges, and motions, it's scary. Yeah. Right. So I want to leave them a hook 
they might meet with five other people. Some are realtors, some are wholesalers. And so listen, what if I could show you a way where you could actually sell your property before the probate property is complete? That way you get certainty, you can get this headache off your head and you can stop the bleeding on that property. Is that something you're interested in? Mm. Can you tell me? And then what do you do when they go, well, tell me how that works. What do you do? Shoot. That, that's where I get stuck. Okay. So here I go. I tell you what. Um, why don't I come by and take a look at the house? I don't, I'd be happy to explain the entire process in detail in person with you. I'll get to know you in the house and then you will have a decision to make. Does that sound like a fair offer to you? See, you've got to exchange stuff. If you just keep giving them like the procedures, you're technically correct on what you're saying, but this is what you're not selling. You just have to explain it to people because once you tell them how to do it, they're just going to cut you out. Hmm. Realtors aren't helping them. Other wholesalers, you have a gift when you teach people this. So I want you to practice it back one more time, just the way, put your spin on it, whatever you want and stop saying, yeah, you can file a motion and uh, get an attorney to file it with the judge. How are you going to say it back to them? And they go, I, well, I, I don't know. I got to wait till the probate's done. How, how can we, I mean, you got any ideas for me? So um, if you'd like to know a little more on how you can, uh, you can sell your, uh, you don't have to wait for the probate process to be over uh, i can go ahead and you know i we could meet up and i can explain into i get a little nervous so here's the deal you're perfect with me and zach i want mm -hmm. everybody to understand watching this is you have to just you have to you have to rehearse and you have to basically go through a role play you got to start with yourself and then i want you to find someone that you trust that will give you honest feedback the reality right. is so once again you've got to understand what's in it for them because the minute they go, well, you know, my, here's what they all say. My, my attorney told me I, I, I can't do it. And, you know, I'll, I'll just call you when it's done. I go, wait, what if I could show you how to do it before the entire process is complete? Got it. And then okay. they go, well, tell me how. I go, I would love to. But honestly, what I'd like to do is meet you in person and really show you in detail. Is that something? So I'm looking to set up an appointment because I have information that most other wholesalers most 99% of wholesalers think you have to wait till the probate properties, uh, com uh, the probate's complete. That's called an inheritance list. I can buy that just like the rest of you guys buy. It's the worst list in the pot. I hate that list. Why? Because I beat everybody with the probate. A probate is before the inheritance list. So all I want you to do is practice it. Let's try it one more time. Hey, I'm looking to sell this property, but my attorney told me I had to wait till the probate's completed. How, uh, how about we do this? How about uh, we meet up? I can meet you at the property and, you know, I can explain to you a little more on how you can go about it on filing a motion and not waiting. No, you, so I need you to practice this. So, okay. so you already tried to set the appointment before you gave her the hook. The uh, hook is what if I could show you, repeat that to me. What if what, I could show you, what if I can show you how you can sell your property how you can sell your property before the probate property is complete before the probate's complete before the probate's complete. Is that something of interest to you? Is that something of interest to you? Okay. okay. I've recorded this. I gave you a three simple segments, break yeah. it down to three segments. And then she goes, yeah, I would love to hear it. What do you do? What's next? Uh, set up an appointment. And right. Let me come by and explain it to you in person. I love to meet people. You sound like a wonderful person. Let's get together. That's awesome. it guys. I need you to uh, engage report. These are what we call conversations. So you got to have an exchange. When you start talking judge emotions, it, it doesn't register. 
all people in probate want to do if they truly want, they want to know how I can get rid of the things as quick as possible because I don't want to have to keep going by there. Number one, it's painful. And number two, it's expensive. So go back and watch this again. Use this. And you're going to have to practice your craft. If you say you truly want to be a wholesaler, you got to put the work in. Me and Zach can't do it for you. I've cut my teeth. He's cut his teeth. The question is, are you going to cut your teeth on it? Okay. I'm just giving you $10,000 of like really valuable information. You can make a killing on probates, but everybody else is explaining it the way you are. They're, they're just, or most of them are waiting till the probate's complete. Use this three prong approach. Come back and watch this recorded live stream. And you want to come back on the next week or two. I would love to uh, role play with you again on it. Okay. Thank you guys. We'll do appreciate it. Thank okay. you. No problem, man. Perfect. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Next year we got uh Garrison. Hey Zach. Hey Rick. Can you hear me? Good man. How are you? What's up? Hey, so I was driving for dollars and when I type the address in on PropStream and then I do an address search on True People Search, uh, sometimes I get two different owner names. Uh, they don't match up. Which one should I call? The, the owner on PropStream. You got to remember TruePeopleSearch.com if you're a tenant, your, your info is going to pop up there too. Okay. So you think the the people on True People Search might be a tenant, and then on might, yeah, prop stream living in the house. Got it, got it. And my second question: um, I was doing code violations. I just got them pulled from my address or my area in Jacksonville. Uh, there's a list of about three to four thousand. Should I only do the ones that are active and not completed code violations? Active code violations. Okay. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your guys' help. Thank you. Yeah, man. Awesome. The next we got uh, Devin. What is up, man? Oh, sick. What's going on? How you guys doing? What's I'm up, doing man? Good. What's up? What's up? So, um, I just um, came back from the county's water utility office, and they were telling me to I need to fill in some fill out some form to get a, a public record search or whatever. And so I did that. I submitted it, and they literally got back to me like very, 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 very fast. Um, and so they told me that I could not get water shutoff records, um, due to some like Texas, some Texas utility code. And yeah. I was curious if you guys knew some way around that. Yeah. You just, you, you, yeah, you do the utility liens, unfortunately. Utility liens. Okay. Heard. So, the, so they, they will put a, uh, they will put a lien on the property. Okay. So in that, in that, like, I just, when I go back to just somewhere, somewhere in the County's office, and ask them where would I find a lien? Um, no, they're going like to say we, we don't have that list here. And you're going to have to go to the clerk of the court and look at all the active liens that are filed publicly. Her. So that's not going to be a list. That's going to be more of like me digging through active cases or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but they're going to put the lien on it. And then it should be the utility department or the city that puts it on. <clears throat> okay. Okay. So just go to the clerk of the court's, off, court's office and ask about that. Look for the liens. Yep. Liens. Okay. All liens. Sweet. Awesome. Cool. Well, then. sweet. Thank you guys. All right. No if you got any questions, let me know. All right. Well, dude, thank you. All right. Shout out to Devin there. It's always on here. Always the smile. Oh, yeah. Love it. Uh, Will, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Nice. I'm working, guys. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do this while I'm working. No, I appreciate yeah, it. Can you, can you hear me? Yeah. Long clear, man. You, man. How you doing? Perfect. I'm good. How are you guys doing? Great. I'm blessed. Beautiful. All right. Anyway, so uh, I talked to Zach 
Jack, I talked to you, I think it was like earlier this week or last week about this. Mm-hmm. I had a deal I'm working on with, uh, with Hector, as a matter of fact, uh, looking to JV yeah. it. Um, so the issue I'm running into is we're looking to possibly do a subject two. Would you, um, just because there's, uh, it's, there's not much left in, there's not much in equity. I think it was around 30%. Uh, when it comes to what was actually in uh, the equity. So um looks like she was saying she owed, let me see, last time she looked at the paperwork, it was 188000 The house originally sold for 160000 So it's almost like she didn't make much, you know, in, in the way of payments when it comes to um, the, uh, the principal. The interest is where most of the money went to. So if you look on like uh, if you look on prop, it shows that there was about one hundred and fifty-seven thousand. Uh, there were sixty thousand paid towards the uh, towards the payment, and only like nine hundred and forty-nine dollars went towards the actual uh, uh, principal. Mm-hmm. So in that case, we thought maybe a subject two would be the best way to go. But I'm trying to figure out like so how do you, how do you work with a cat? I mean, with a buyer in that situation, like how does that how does that play out? Do I do I accept the, uh... it plays out well, man. So how amortization works is it's not 50-50 principal interest. In the beginning, it's mostly interest. Banks want their money. Yeah. And at the end is mostly just principal uh, for that loan. Okay. And so, I mean, that's how most of them work. That's why subject twos are a thing. Uh, so buyers like them. They don't really care. Uh, honestly, they care about ROI, right? And so what okay. I've always found is 15 to 20% ROI is what most subject two buyers want. Like cash flow okay. wise. And so you just got to do the calculations, man. Uh, P-I-T-I, right? Principal, interest, yeah, okay. taxes, and insurance, right? And so, Will, yeah. if you're going to sell me this deal, you gotta, I gotta, I'm going to ask you some pretty simple questions. How much am I in it for? Okay, well, you got to give the lady 20 grand. We got to pay Will and Hector five grand on the assignment fee. And then five grand for up for Sheila or whatever, right? So that's five, five, and let's say it's 15, no, 20. 25, that's 30 grand. Okay, I'm 30 grand up front. Uh, how much can we make in profits? Well, I can get this much in rent. This is how much it's going to cost. I'm doing the math here. I'm like, okay, well, overall, I got to do the numbers. If I have to put in 30 grand up front, I want to uh, make at least three grand net, 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 net after everything. That's 10%. Six grand is going to be 20%, right? Uh, so theoretically, what we have always found is when you're putting five or six grand down, you can get way better returns than putting third. Once you start putting 50, 60, 70 grand on a subject two deal, yeah. it's not good. Also, I got to put in repairs and things like this. Uh, so you're just going to have to do yeah. the numbers and see what you're going to be all in on the property for and what the cash flow would be for a, uh, basically for a landlord type buyer type thing and always put in some costs of doing business, repairs, vacancy, stuff like that. Well, have you figured so out what told, Okay, so. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. The, the seller doesn't really want much at all. I mean, she just really wants to be out from under the thing because she, she doesn't live in town. She lives in, uh, in Texas. She's been in Texas for the last two years. And apparently her ex was the one that was still staying there, but they were more or less squatting in her opinion because she actually got the house in the divorce decree. So, um, fire damage, let me see. Right? So the, uh, I, yeah, there was a little fire damage in the garage. I talked with the, um, with the code, uh, what do you want to call it? code enforcement director, whatever you want to call him. I talked with, actually, I spoke with the fire chief and he said when they went in, there was some electrical uh, wires in the basement that had gotten burnt. 
And so it was arcing pretty bad. And that was the, that was the way they could get the people out of there that way that weren't supposed to be there because then code enforcement came in and said, we got to turn the power off because this thing is arcing. So nobody can be here as long as the power is off. And before the power can come back on, whoever was to go in and buy it has to actually have, have an electrician go in and um, check all the wiring to make sure that, that when that wiring burnt, it didn't cause issues at the box. And so there's also an issue there with that because now there's going to be some, you know, some uh, expenses tied up in trying to go in and look at the electrical to make sure that, that the power can even be turned back on. And I know a cash buyer is going to see that as, as an issue because now you got to pay an electrician to go in. It's not a big uh, issue. It's just, it's an expense. It's what it is. It is. So, so like I said, I can, uh, so I can get it locked up. Actually, I, I could probably even get it locked up at like five grand. I, I mean, that, it wouldn't be a big deal because she's more or less like, I mean, I'd give it to you for a dollar if I could. So it's like, oh, I think you know, it's not five, easy. Five is okay. I think you guys okay. need at least three or four or five for the assignment fee. Maybe 10. Okay. I mean, you can, and then you're just going to have to see what the rent's going to be and what the cost is. Um, then what the, so she said she was paying 1220, 1221 in rent um, when she was last there. That was, like I said, two years ago. So $1,221 in rent. I'm sure it's gone up since then. I mean, like I told you last time, the house is about a 3,400 square foot house. Really nice house. I mean, it's, three, it's a 3-3. What are the what? What are the payments per month? Uh, it was uh, twelve twenty one per month is what she was what she was paying when she was last paying it. Okay, where are the rents? The rents in the area? I'm not sure. I don't. I haven't dug. I haven't dug, dug that far into it. Yeah. Okay. You, you, gotta right. you gotta find it. Will have you have you done any wholesale deals? I haven't done any yet. I, like I said, I, I still have a couple of in the pipeline, and this is one that <laughs> popped up because I went into the pre foreclosures and uh. To start kind of calling so, around. Listen, I love creative financing. I'm I'm going to be brutally honest. I'm not crazy about newbies doing creative financing because there is a lot okay. of legal stuff that you kind of have to know. Because here's the biggest challenge: say the numbers work out perfect. Okay, let's say. Does your seller know, and are they okay with you doing a subject too? And question is the loan in their name and their soon-to-be ex-spouse's name. Or is it just their name? It's just in, it's just in her name. She got the house in, in the divorce decree, so her name is the only one on the uh, on okay, the house. Whose name on the mortgage is the question? The debt. Oh, on the mortgage, I believe she said her name is the only one on the mortgage. So she's been getting letters or whatever, obviously, because she hasn't. Yeah, been, so you can you, know, you can verify there. it. So you 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 got to have full disclosure because here's the challenge: You're, say say you make a quick ten grand and say you sell it to an unscrupulous investor. God knows they're out there. What if he stops making that subject to payment? Where does that leave you? Okay. And that, that right. is a yeah. big thing that's going on right now. There's got the, the responsibility, the ownership for the debt. Because once that thing goes into like foreclosure or something like that, guess who they're going to call? They're going to call Will. Me. That's right. And you yeah. got to find a way to protect all parties interested. There are third-party companies. You can actually work with your title company. And unfortunately, there are people that just won't pay the debt. It's ridiculous. Some people don't pay the debt and try to flip the house while they're doing it. And this is the part where it just takes a little bit more experience and you got to get some people to help you out. And okay. I'm just saying protect your interest because if you're going to sell it, that means you're basically going to sign your subject to, to someone you probably don't know. And yeah. what protects... <laughs> 
the sellers don't know this. They don't know that you're going to be quite doing this. They they're okay with you selling someone else, but when you start selling the the the, the note subject to, and mm-hmm. does she expect the note to be cashed out in like X amount of months or years? I see. Okay. No, so I, I, I mean, like, I, there's a big I problem. Say, as far as I know, she's pretty much hands off. So yeah, yeah. There's a big problem. So like, if someone goes, listen, Rick, I'm leaving the country. I'm done with this thing. I don't need my credit. I don't need anything. I'm like. I love doing it, but like sometimes you do these like divorces, the husband and wife are on it. One doesn't know like, because to be honest with you, most of them cannot, they can't clear their name of the debt until you cash it out. So a lot of times they'll come back to okay. you two or three years later. Like, I need it, like, what's going on with the mortgage? I need it paid off. And then what if it gets sold two or three times down the line? You're the responsible party because if a lawsuit ever comes up, your name's going to be on it. So I'd like you to work with your title company. And possibly even a real estate attorney, because this is one of the requirements when you do it, because you have to protect yourself and the seller. Some investors move so fast, they don't even know what they did and they don't understand the consequences to their actions. This is why I'm not a huge fan of creative financing to brand new people, because they want to do the deal so bad that they put their self at risk, the seller at risk. And after they everything said and done, when they sit in front of a judge, they go, you know, if I knew all that, I don't know if I would have done it. So just make sure you cover your bases. That's you why I bring it to you guys. There, I'm that, like, I, 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 I kind of wanted to put it off because I do have other ones in the pipeline that, that I can work on. So, I mean, it's not like it's, it's a do or die situation. Yeah, I was just, I way, just figured I'd bring it. When you get off this live, you're probably going to be inundated with all these people that are going to help you out with your subject too. You're going to be pounded. Here's the deal. 90% of them never even done a deal and they're brand new. They just have this strategy they want to test out. Here's the best part is uh, they're not at risk at all. You are. And the seller is, and that's where I want you to be responsible. So I'm not telling you can't do it. Get some help, low, and make sure your seller understands exactly what they're getting into, so you don't come yeah. back and get sued. And then if you sell it with the subject too, with it, which isn't a horrible strategy, make sure that person knows their butts on the line if they don't pay that damn thing. So you can use okay. a third party to do payments, but the reality is, a new investor, like you don't know all the ins and outs of the stuff, and that's why. I'm not saying you don't have a good deal. I'm just saying if you're going to do it and sell it with subject to and someone to cash it out, make sure you have full disclosure and you cover everyone's butt. Because when you sell it to like right. Joe Schmo and he goes, ah, I'm just, I'll pay it whenever I want. You know what he says? It's not my name. I don't give a crap. They can't come after me. They can only take the house away. And that's, so yeah. make sure you have answers to those questions because I get it. You're, you're busting your butt. You're out there doing it. You do have a good lead. The question is how you take it down. The problem is there's all these people that take these courses all over the country, good, bad, and different, and they are trying to do the right thing, but like you think you have all this demand for it. They don't want to give you a dime. They want to bring in another party. They want to get in the middle, and suddenly four or five people are making money off a transaction. At the end of the day, dude, you're going to be the person on the hook. So I want you to protect right. your interest when you do the deal. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Appreciate it. Okay. All Thanks right. for the words of wisdom. Okay, man. All right. Appreciate it, man. You're cutting out, Will. We'll reach back out to you. Oh, kind of subject to there. Subject to deals are good. I will say, you just like them. You just got to understand it's more than the theory is great. Yeah. But the reality is, what if you do a subject to, you get a big fee up front, they take over uh, the subject to in the mortgage. What if they don't pay it? Do you have an answer for that? Because if you don't have an answer for it, like, don't like, 
don't do it. And a lot of people just run like crazy and they want to get paid so fast. And listen, you can do it. It's just, there's a lot of nuances on creative financing. This is my opinion. Okay. It's just, it's Rick Yen's opinion. I don't think it's great for brand new investors. And everyone's like, oh, I can pair up with someone experienced. Here's the problem. The people you're pairing up that sound like they're so experienced, a lot of them haven't even done a lot of deals. And like, I'm a little nervous someone's doing 100 creative financing deals unless it's their money and they're the person taking it down. How many people's hands is it going through? You guys need to know this because if there's ever a problem, your name's going to come up most likely first. Yeah, I agree. So guys, uh, really, if you're looking to get into some creative finance stuff, we do have a free wholesaling course. It is called freewholesaling.com. That is where you guys should be learning how to wholesale houses absolutely for free. So guys, if you got any value from this video, do us a favor. Make sure you smash the like button, subscribe. Go to freewholesaling.com. We literally show you how to wholesale real estate step by stinking step. Guys, freewholesaling.com. That's where it's all at. Also, guys, if you want to join us for the extended portion of this live stream, guys, we go for an extra hour, sometimes even more, yep. sometimes less, whenever everyone wants to talk. Uh, you can go to Flip with Rick Plus. That's where we do more one-on-ones, guys. Uh, it's hard to reach out to every single person on the one-on-one. We like to get to as many people as possible. So Flip with Rick Plus, uh, it's another platform on there. We are hopefully tomorrow releasing the rough recording of our uh, live event. That's going to be really exciting. Massive. Uh, so if, if you want to watch really the whole cool. recording, uh, you go to Flip with Rick Plus and uh, go there. Send me some JV deals. Uh, can't talk about too much, but we're looking to expand our JV operations. I know everyone's been asking Zach, I want JV in this market. You don't do it. How can I get Flipper Plus for free? Um, we're doing a huge process in the coming months, uh, probably the next, hopefully month. And that could be a little drastic, uh, where if you're in anywhere in the country, you can deal mm. with us. Uh, we've been working really hard on expanding our operations where it's anywhere in the entire country. We'll JV with you. You can go to Flipthrug Plus. And uh, that's kind of it. Like we kind of kept Flipthrug Plus super cheap uh, starting out. Mm -hmm. Really, really cheap because we couldn't do it everywhere. Yeah. Um, once we expand this, I will let everybody know in Flipthrug Plus, we are going to just be raising the prices crazy. Not because we want to charge anyone, because we want to make it kind of like, wow, unique. Why, why is it that expensive? I'd just rather send Zach a JV deal. And it, it, the point is, I'm just trying to push as many JV deals as possible. It's never been a secret. I'm trying to do a thousand wholesaling deals in a year. Uh, JV, I think that's pretty gangster flex on some gurus by doing that. Uh, so go to Flipthrug plus, we got some new courses on there coming out. Uh, we're doing our one-on-ones. You can personally message me and Rick, uh, cool community, uh, yeah. two live events a year. So we just did our live event. FY for everyone watching this, we are going to be releasing, uh, the day one of the live event and day two on this YouTube channel. Uh, we're going to be releasing them in segments. So each presentation we had, we're going to release here on the Flipthrug channel. And then we're going to do a uh, day where we're just going to literally premiere the entire day one and day two back day back to back during the days. Yeah. Uh, we get the entire thing. So that's pretty cool. So guys, if you're enjoying that, go to flipwithrickplus.com. Uh, uh, but again, if you want to learn how to do a deal to send us a JV deal, just go to frillson.com, our uh, free real estate wholesaling course. Uh, besides that, November 20th is uh, Make a Guru Cry Day. So huge announcement. We're going to shake up the wholesaling industry. Uh, we're going to release a video on uh, 8 p.m. So we can't do anything before that. Um, but 8 p.m. is the time that we can do it. That is a cool little premiere time that uh, we're going to change the way wholesaling real estate is being done, the way a lot of wholesalers look at things. And uh, it's going to be pretty cool. I don't put my name against something that's insane different or insane no. change. Uh, but this is one of them. 
and this is a, a pretty cool one. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? This Dude, announcement. It's right. It's right up our alley. So we, I mean, we've already shaken up. Listen, nobody does what we do in wholesaling. We, we just reverse engineered this. Um, we're different. We just, we do it different. We, we give you the tools for anyone to be successful without a monetary expense and just to kind of prove a point to you. So we earn your trust. And by then we can do JV deals with with everybody. And we give everybody the opportunity to get in flip with Rick plus it's not for everyone. I get it, but like we still do the lives and we keep adding the free We're not taking anything away. It's always been there. And so this announcement is going to be very helpful for you. It's going to disappoint some very big people and I, it's a huge win for everybody who watches this. So if you subscribe to what me and Zach do, I think we've already massively changed the wholesaling business. People now have options instead of just plopping down five, 10 grand on courses, but that you don't even know if they're any good. And like there's a 95% failure ratio. We just give you the course up front. And then that way it's up to you. And then we give you the tools and everything else. And I don't know anybody else who does lives with us. Like guys, my ego has gone. Like, I don't care how much money you make. All I do is I, I grade the character of a person on how they treat people. It's no different than online. I'm never going to brag about the car I drives, uh, the, the place I live. It's non helpful to you. And it's just ego. Ego is a very selfish. It's I'm always right. And so this announcement's going to help out a lot of things. It's right up our alley. We believe in it. And uh, just check it out. I think you guys will be real happy. So, so guys, go to freelsting.com. See you soon. Thanks. See you.